So this morning, I thought it might be interesting if we took a little mental journey back in time. Not ancient time, but much more recent time to a place in time that's probably different for each one of us. And so in order to do this, I want everybody to get on board their mental time machine. And the easiest way I've found to do that is just to close my eyes and get on board my mind's time machine and travel back, if you can, to that time in your life before you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, it may be a short journey back for some of you. For others, it might be a longer journey back into the years of your life. For some of you, you may not even be able to pinpoint a starting point. It's different for each of us. And then, of course, if you're one who has not yet accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, then your time machine is probably not going to travel anywhere because your present and your past are very much unchanged, spiritually speaking. And that's okay. There's no condemnation here. Don't worry. Because Lord willing, maybe even during this message, your time machine will begin to move. From this point forward. That is my prayer for you if you don't know Jesus. Now for those of you who are on board your time machine. And you've begun to travel back in time. Navigating through the memories of days gone by. Pause here and there to look at the moments in time. You remember faces. You remember places. You remember events as you go back in time and you eventually will come to a point in your life before you knew Christ. And when you reach that point, wherever it was for you, I want you to pause there and I want you to think about, I want you to assess for that moment, what that life, your former life, was all about. Do, do you see your former self? Where was your heart at that time? Did you have peace in your heart? Did you have love in your heart? Do you have a sense of who you were before Christ? Who were you then? Now when you have a sense of that former life in your mind, that time of your life before Jesus, I want you to move forward in time toward the point where Jesus became real to you, to the point of your salvation. Do you see that point in time? Maybe it's a little fuzzy. Maybe it was so long ago that you can't really pinpoint that moment. But there was a time in your life when you made a conscious choice that Christ would be central. That Christ would be at the forefront of your life.
And now as you have that moment in mind and you travel back to the present, take a few moments along the way to see how your relationship with Jesus has changed you. Even if you're a brand new Christian, this this glance back in time might surprise you. Are you different in any way from your former self? Where is your heart now as compared to what was important to you then? Is there a sense of peace regardless of what your circumstances are? Is there a sense of love and acceptance where maybe there wasn't one that felt that way before? Is there a sense of love? Now that our time machines are back in the present. You know, when I go through that exercise, I don't even recognize the person I was before Christ. You know, as I look back over the years at my former self, I see a man with an inflated ego. I see a man that had poor judgment. I see a man that had a horrific temper. I see misplaced loyalties and a multitude of shortcomings. You know, I always tell people, if I met my former self at a party, I'd walk away thinking, who invited that guy? Are you with me? But see, God had other ideas for me, just as he had other ideas for you. By grace that I didn't earn and by mercy that I didn't deserve, he reached into that deep, dark water which I was sinking in and he pulled me out. And in case you don't know it yet, he'll do the same for you through his son Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, if your time machine never left the present, because why should it if your present and your past never had a relationship with Christ? They're basically the same. You're at the same point that you've always been at. If that's where you are, then I would say to you, it's time for you to check him out to see what he's all about because his promises are all about grace. They're all about mercy. They're all about love. And one of those promises is found in Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth. And if you have a Bible near you or you brought your own, and by the way, I I, I think we're going to make this a standard practice. I'm going to ask you here and now, if you own a Bible... Bring it to church with you on Sunday. Because I'm always preaching from it, but it occurs to me that it would be a good thing if you could follow along in the, in the passage that I'm in. And so this morning, if you have a Bible near you, I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm going to start at verse 16 and I'm going to go through 21. And we're going to break this down. It's not a real long passage, but there is some stuff that is important to us as Christ followers. And if you are not yet a Christ follower, if you're still on the fence about this whole Jesus thing, this is a good time for you to really reflect on where your life is 
and where it's going. Because that time machine, by the way, doesn't just go backwards. It goes into the future. And you need to be, you need to be aware of where you'll be as your future self. So everybody got 2 Corinthians 5, beginning at verse 16. I'm in the New Revised Standard Version. Whatever version you have should sound something like this. Paul writes, From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, Jesus, we might have the righteousness of God. So let's unpack that just a bit. Verse 16, from now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. See, the words from now on, what this means is from the point of your justification, from the point that you accepted Jesus as Lord, from that point on, we regard no one from a human point of view. In other words, once we accept Christ, we see people differently. We see ourselves differently. We no longer see people from a limited, material, earthly perspective, but now we see people from a spiritual, heavenly perspective, the way they were created to be. We put on God's eyes and we see that People were created in the image and likeness of God. And let's face it, people are much easier to love when we see them as God sees them. When we see them as the world sees them, oh, it's a mess, isn't it? People are a mess. But when we see people as God sees them, they're much easier to love. And so it goes on, even though we knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. See, now that we have Christ in our hearts and our lives, we don't just know about Jesus, but we now truly know Jesus. We have a relationship with him, and he has a relationship with us. And now that his Holy Spirit dwells in us, now our eyes are open to see spiritual things, to understand things about Jesus that we simply didn't have the ability, didn't have the capacity to grasp when we were in our fallen human state. 
verse 17. So if anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. And this is the promise, isn't it? If anyone is in Christ, if, if anyone has accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, if anyone abides in Christ, lives their life for Christ, has surrendered their former life, died to the old self, chosen a new life in Jesus, if, if anybody has done that, then there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. That's quite a phrase, isn't it? Everything has become new. That's transformation. It's not just change. It's transformation. This is the sum total of confession, repentance, and redemption. This is resurrection from spiritual death. This is the hope of Christ realized in your life. This is eternity with Christ instead of eternity in desolation and isolation. We call it hell. This is peace instead of chaos. This is light instead of darkness. If anyone is in Christ, everything has become new. Verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. First of all, that opening phrase on verse 18, all of this is from God. All of this is from God. We didn't do anything to earn this gift. Right? We did nothing good enough, nothing righteous enough, nothing holy enough to earn His mercy and grace. We didn't do enough ministry in Shepherd last month We didn't put enough coins in the collection plate. There weren't enough sermons written or preached. Not enough songs sung. There wasn't enough churchy stuff done to earn any person here a spot in heaven. Are we clear about that? All those works are important and they're good. But none of it earns you a spot in heaven. Even those things that are good and done because of Him and for Him, for His honor and glory, all good. But nothing we do has the ability to grant us access to the Father, grant us access into heaven. Why? Because His mercy and grace are a free gift from God. It can't be purchased. They're already bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ poured out for you and for many on the cross. All of this is from God. What's the rest of it? Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. God sent Jesus to reconcile us to himself. Right? To pay for our sins, our transgressions. We agree? And then, having accomplished that, Jesus sent who? Us. You and me. He sent us. He sent us to minister to the world. Verse 19. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. 
See, as a, as a people reconciled to God by Jesus, we have been given the mission. We have been given a position of trust. Despite our unworthiness in our fallen state, despite who we used to be before Jesus entered our hearts, despite all of that, we have been entrusted with the gospel message of reconciliation. We've been sent out to tell our personal story of redemption, of salvation, to tell how we came to know Christ so that others might hear our story and learn from our story and see the need to be saved by Christ as well. And so you and I have been called to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is that gospel? That God became man. That he was born of the flesh. He was crucified. He died. He was buried he was resurrected and ascended to the right hand of God and oh let's not forget he's coming again in glory to rule and to judge that message has been entrusted to you and to me that's quite a responsibility isn't it In fact, verse 20 tells us, so we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. Not just be right with God, not just know God, but become the righteousness of God. What does all that mean? Well, we're ambassadors for Christ. We're the messengers of God. It's an awesome responsibility. It's, it's this immeasurable trust that God has placed in you through Jesus Christ. And when you look at that, do you see how much you are worth now as compared to your worth before you knew Jesus? Before you knew Jesus, God would never trust you with something so important as the gospel message. First of all, you couldn't understand it to be able to talk about it. And the second thing, you would have no idea the value of that. But now, your worth has multiplied immeasurably. Verse 21, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, God sent Jesus who was perfectly sinless. And he became sin. In other words, he took our sin upon himself. And he did it to the degree of his own death. He took our sin to the point that he became our sin. So that we could become not just right with God but become the very righteousness of God, become the very substance of God, become the perfect reality of God's creation, sinless, without blemish, washed clean, whiter than snow, completely transformed, a new creation. You get the idea. 
And so we say as the title of the message today, I am what I am and what I am is a new creation. Now I know, Sunday after Sunday, by and large, generally speaking, I'm preaching to the choir, sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively. But on the chance that there's somebody out there that wants to be made new, if your time machine was stuck in the present because you didn't have a point of salvation to take it back to. If you need to create that embarkation point in your life's timeline where you too have a reference point of where your old self passed away and your new self was born, then why not make today that embarkation point? Why not let go of your old ways and embrace the new hope of Jesus Christ? You can make that choice today. You can begin a new life. It really is a choice. Get on board the time machine that's moving into eternal life with God, where time is measured in terms of quality, not quantity. If you want to choose Jesus today and accept the invitation to become a new creation today, then I want you to be emboldened by that urge to do that this morning. Don't go another day in your old self. Come forward to the rail during our time of intercessory prayer. Let us pray with you and together we will guide you in a prayer to ask Jesus into your heart and your life and you will from that moment on be a new creation. I know it's a scary trip down the aisle, but let me tell you, it'll be one that you will never forget. Don't let the devil hold you in your chair. Don't let him keep you from being made new. Tell the devil you are done with him and that you want Jesus in your life. He has no power to keep you from coming forward unless you give him that power. And so be a new creation today. The hope of Jesus Christ is waiting for you to come home like the prodigal son. He wants to throw his finest robe on you this morning. He wants to adorn your hands with gold rings this morning. He wants to kiss your cheek and hug your neck. He wants to have a feast in your honor for you were dead and now you are alive for you were lost and now you are found. This is the hope I have for you this morning if that applies to you. You can be made new. Or you can remain in your chair. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have another hymn.